Andy Lindis is, we like to say in this business, he's on assignment. But in his in his place is our friend Luke Panic, who, among other things, among many things, is the deck and port specialist at Lindis Construction. Good morning to you, Luke. Good morning, Danny. How you doing? I'm doing well, and I hope you are as well since we uh, spoke last, which was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, weather is changing, obviously, and uh, let's invite our listeners to uh, ask their home improvement questions. Any kind of home improvement question, you can zero in, if you like, on uh, decks and porches, if you like, uh, because, again, that is uh, one of the specialists uh, that Luke ha- has his in his quiver. And uh, I was thinking how fortunate we were over the last few years actually took a couple of different uh, times when we had Linda's come to our house and realizing that we hardly had any insulation up there in the attic. I don't know how often that happens. Uh, And uh, however, it it made such a huge difference, especially when we're talking these days about uh, higher heating costs and cooling costs for that matter. But uh, how about you? What, what what experience have you had in insulation over the years since you've been in the construction business? I mean, this is a this is a very important thing. And as Andy says, insulation and ventilation, right? Yes, it's a it's a topic that becomes real relevant as soon as the snow falls. We we've noticed a significant change over the years since since I've been in construction in what we pay attention to. Uh, we used to look at the breathability of a house. It was a, more of a concern that house needs to breathe. That was a common misconception. And what we've learned is that we really need to control the the conditions of the house as best we can by containing the heat and humidity and having attics function as their own independent space. If you have any kind of a home improvement question, I want to give you the number, 651 You've been to our old house here, and we don't have, uh, I think you call them air exchangers. Is that code nowadays? Because, you, you know, you built your own home here not that long ago. What's the, what's the story, and what are they exactly? What they do is they change out the air uh, so that you get a certain amount of uh, fresh air for, um, so you've got healthy air. Um, you don't want to keep recycling the air in a building over and over and over again. So it's a process of exchanging fresh air into the system. So also your your furnace needs its own air to combust. So we, we bring in uh, specific air for the furnace to, to function as well. And that's uh, those air exchangers. They've been around for quite a few years now. I mean, is that is that code? Is that you know, you have to put one of those in new built homes? Well, it, yes, absolutely. There's certain uh, codes that are, and I'm not by any means an expert on HVAC codes because they are specific to where you're building. And a lot of the old buildings, uh, you know, they have their own air exchange through leaky windows. So new construction is definitely different than remodeling because uh, the structure you're working with, of course, is significantly different. So, uh, you know, for example, when you heat a house with in-floor heat and if that's your only heat supply, you really don't get air exchange. So you you have to think about how are we going to change out the air in a house effectively so that it's healthy. 
No, I was thinking, and you've seen it, uh, I have not, but uh, in fact, years ago, I, I had one of those story-and-a-half homes in Minneapolis many years ago uh, mm-hmm. that was a uh, gas-hot water, had a boiler. And yes. for those people who, and I know you can kind of retrofit uh, to get a whole house air conditioning in, in uh, heating like that, how is that? How does that work? I've never seen it done, but it is doable, is it not? It certainly is. It's just the the process of building that ductwork, these basically chaseways for air to flow. Um, the, you need to build. You need to build them, and so sometimes they have to be exposed. Sometimes they you you, you frame them in and, and build little uh, closets, if you will, for those to run, but. All of that can be done so that you can have a modern, um, uh, efficient system working in any age house. Yeah, which is pretty good, pretty neat. Did not have it back then, but pretty neat. Let's no. go to the phones. Uh, again, uh, it's 651-461-9226. It's also the text number if you want to send your home improvement question via text. Joe is calling in this morning from Isanti, I believe. Joe, good morning. You are on with Luke Panic. involves a radon vent. My son has a house down in uh, Kansas City area, and uh, he heard he was down in the basement. He heard some noise that it was making, and it's uh, like the fan blade was hitting the shroud or something. So he took it apart. This thing was full of dried up insects. It was hitting the shroud or something. So he took it apart. This thing was full of dried-up insects. Ever heard of that one? Hmm. And the radon fan. So this was a fan located outside the building? It's in the house, the basement, in the utility oh, room. Inside. And it, it draws out of the uh, sump basket. And he sealed that all off on from the inside so nothing can get in there and he doesn't have any insects down in the, the basement. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, it, it, it somehow that fan is drawing air in and the bugs are, are getting in there. There should be a screen or something, however, that, that filters that air so that that doesn't happen. Um, so I would look into that, have somebody local come out and take a look and see if there's a way to... to have a filter on that so that it's not filling it full of bugs. Yeah, maybe the uh, the contractor that put that in has some some correction. That uh, that's interesting. We never had that uh, question before. Six five one, yeah, six five one four six one nine two two six. What about, I tell you what? Let's do this. We, I'm getting signal, Luke. We need to take a break, so we'll do this break. Be right back. Any kind of a home improvement question. If you want to ask about decks or porches, this guy knows his stuff there, too. So 651-461-9226. Well, we'll take this break. In in the meantime, here in the Twin Cities, we are currently at 31. Uh, We expect, well, uh, the chance of precipitation is pretty good. They have it labeled 100% now. The total daytime snow accumulation for the Twin Cities today, less than one inch, maybe overnight till early tomorrow morning, maybe one to two inches of new snow. You stay with us here on News Talk.
And a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Home Improvement Show, presented every week by our friends at Lindus Construction. I think I haven't spelled it yet. L-I-N-D-U-S. Uh, Luke Panic's filling in for Andy today. If you're new to the show, Luke, among other things, is the deck and porch specialist at uh, Lindus Construction. But he's uh, he's been used to all sorts of uh, construction. He's been in the construction business a long time. So we're not going to limit our questions to decks and porches. But if you have one uh, pertaining to those, that's uh, that's fine. Uh, Luke, uh, speaking of porches, uh, I haven't asked you about this for, for some time. Uh, those three or four season, are they still uh, pretty popular? It seems they're more popular than ever. Uh, really? A lot of people, yeah, a lot of people are finding that they need a space to work. They've been uh, relocated to stay at home, of course, in these changing times. And so I find myself converting decks and three-season porches into four-season stay-at-home offices because they're sick of working in a bedroom. (laughs) I can relate to that, as a matter of fact. Uh, yeah, and, and again, I've mentioned this before, but when we uh, had that porch built and, and it was initially just a screen, but yeah, we just need a screened-in porch. And then all of a sudden, I thought, no, windows would be nice. So I called Lindis and had them put in uh, some uh, some windows, and that makes a big difference. But I, I would have – our four-season requested more often than three, I guess, is my question. Uh, no, no, I don't think so. I, m- more often than not, people are looking for some added space that feels different than the rest of the house. They want to go in a room that uh, is a mini vacation from the sheetrock world that we live in. So uh, a lot of times people want to feel like they're they're part of the outdoors a little more so they can hear the birds, uh, more fresh air, more light. Uh, it's a room that's just kind of a reprieve from you know, the normal everyday hustle bustle of, of a house. So that's, that's probably the most popular, but certainly more than ever, we've, we get, uh, we're getting requests for four season. Rooms. Four season. What about a heating, uh, a season, a four season porch or a three season porch for that matter? I mean, I'm not sure how much insulation is might be in a three season porch, but what, what are your options for, uh, heating, uh, a new porch? Well, what defines the difference is between a three-season and a four-season. If it's a three-season room, you uh, you still have to have an exterior-grade door to get into it. Um, then it can be you can heat it and cool it as you wish. As soon as that, like a patio door, for example, if that changes to an interior door or just open into that room, now that room becomes four season and needs to be uh, conditioned just like the rest of your house. So it has to meet all of the insulation codes for the walls, the attic, and the floor. And um, the codes change when that door changes. How we typically heat and cool them, or I, I like to heat and cool them, is with what's called a air source heat pump. And what an air source heat pump is, um, is like a... Uh, uh, it has Freon in it like a, like a refrigerator, and it heats and cools the room uh, using uh, just the ambient air from outside. So it, it, it controls the temperature of that room in and of itself. Set the thermostat, done. And, uh, and the reason I typically do that is because when you ex- if you try to extend a home's existing HVAC system into a room like that, it always struggles to control it because... The thermostat 
in a house is typically located in a hallway in the middle of the house. Where, where's the, where's the thermostat in your house? Is it in, right off the kitchen? Yes, exactly. Yes. And so that's located in the middle of the house. So if you have this room, that's kind of an, a peninsula off one end or the middle of your house. And then, you know, the, as soon as the the thermostat in your house reaches 70 degrees, the system shuts down. Well, that room way out there in the end might only be at 55 degrees or 60 degrees, and then the, 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 the furnace shuts off. So it's always behind. Same with cooling it. So I, that always is a problem, I think. And so I like to control the heat and the cooling in that room with its own source, and that's called a uh, – otherwise known, if you were to Google or research, it would be called a mini a mini split. Now I'm thinking back to uh, when you you've told us about the the house that you uh, currently living in the house you built. Uh, how did you insulate, if I may ask, the uh, attic space? Uh, what 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 product or products did you use in your home? Combination of two things. Um, I put down. Now I have a, a a modern attic that's got good pitch and and very rectangular shape for good venting. So I didn't have to do anything too complicated. But I used a thin layer of urethane spray foam that's an inch and a half thick to create that air seal barrier. And then I blew over the top of that loose fill uh, cellulose. That's how my attic is insulated. The walls are insulated with the similarly in that they have an inch and a half of urethane foam and then three and a half inches of fiberglass on the inside of that. So, um, and then the last thing we did was before we put the siding on on the outside, we used our Insultex, an R6 Insultex. So extremely efficient walls and attic with those combinations. Well, I bet you're in good shape as far as efficiency. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Very good. And I have a wood foundation, so I insulated the, the basement walls the same way. as used an inch and a half of foam uh, and then filled up the rest of the cavity. The The basement has a 2x10 stud wall, treated 2x10 wall. So it's, it's a thick wall that has an um, uh, inch and a half of foam, and then the rest of the cavity is filled up with fiberglass. How do you like that wood foundation? Love it. I think they're the best. Um uh, an opinion that, that uh, I've shared with a lot of people, the and they always are curious, and people who don't know a lot about construction always seem to find that shocking that you can have a wood basement. Uh, but the reality of it is, is that wood basements have been around, you know, forever, and uh, the way that they're designed, if installed properly, people always have this vision that they're going to get wet or damp and, and it's just the opposite. They're extremely dry compared to a, main, a masonry basement because they're built in a way that water can never get to the wall. So the drainage system that's incorporated with a wood foundation keeps basically free flowing air all the way around the, the basement and the basement walls that are underground. So very dry system, easier to finish, um, less cracking and movement. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of Wood Foundation. Wow, that sounds great. All right, let's uh, take a quick break here. Luke Luke Panic filling in for Andy Lindis today. If you have any kind of a home improvement question, whatever it may be, 651-461-9226. That's the phone number. It's also the text number. I want to alert Tim in uh, St. Paul. You're going to be first up here right after the weather forecast. So don't go away. Uh, it's the Lindis Hour Home Improvement Talk here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO.
Hi, good morning. Welcome back to our Home Improvement Show brought to us by Lindus Construction, L-I-N-D-U-S, 1-800-LEAFGUARD. Easiest number to remember. Luke Panic filling in for Andy Lindus today. Luke is the deck and port specialist, among other things, with Lindus Construction, answering your questions. And we promised Tim, uh, Luke in St. Paul, that Tim be first up here on the phone. Now, Tim, thanks for waiting. What's your question for Luke? Oh, no problem. Well, it's more of a comment. Uh, I'm going to replace windows in my house, and I had Lindus come out and give me an estimate. Uh, to give me an estimate. And that guy was so professional, Jake. Uh, it's my second uh, appraisal uh, estimate, I should say. And uh, it was just 100% better than the other guys. Uh, I, I, I really learned the difference between the Sunrise and the Marvins. And uh, Jake was just really good at informing me. Uh, you got a, a video presentation on his laptop. Uh, it was just amazing. So just a, a shout out to you guys and, and what you do. Wow, that's great. That was called an unsolicited comment there, Luke. You can't you can't buy that. That's uh, that's fa- that's really good to hear. It does you good to hear that stuff too, doesn't it? It does. It's it's good to hear the the feedback. We spend a lot of people don't know this, but we spend um hours every week. Every salesman in our company spends uh, uh at least twice a week, a couple of hours just training and working on how to be the best we can be when we get into somebody's house and it it's it it, it shows up and a lot of once you've had a few companies out it usually surfaces and comes out. So let's um, thank you, Tim, for for uh, recognizing uh, Jake's work, and, and uh, we, we're proud of that. That's the way we do things. Plus, I know Andy, and we've all talked about the great windows, the products themselves. Uh, you know, the Infinity by Marvin, Season Guard windows. These these are great products. So you you know, not only good work, but you got the products uh, to to back that up with. So. Uh, thanks, Tim. Appreciate uh, that a lot. Say, so we had a text. Somebody was interested in your comment about the wood foundation, the wood uh, basement. Uh, concrete versus wood. Is there any ballpark figure, the difference between those two uh, materials? Yeah, typically a wood basement is going to cost a little bit more. Um, but then uh, to offset that, it costs less to finish the basement. And, and the reason that that is, if you notice a, a, a masonry, a poured wall or a block wall or an ICF foundation, an insulated concrete form foundation, uh, you usually have a step in the wall because uh, the, the basement follows the contour of the elevation on the outside. So you have that shelf where the wall is thicker, and then you've got to build a wood wall inside that masonry wall uh, so that you have a place to run your outlets, uh, your electrical, your plumbing, all that stuff. And then, you, you know, you've got to insulate that and then sheetrock that and then finish that. So uh, the difference uh, oftentimes is offset by the additional cost of having to uh, to build the wood wall anyway. Uh, so it, it does depend. Um, sometimes companies will pre-manufacture those wood walls and set them into place with a crane or they can be built on site that the, the pre-manufactured ones will cost a little bit more. Um, but for the most part, you'll pay a little bit more for the basement if it's a wood foundation and the prep work that goes along with it, and then you'll pay less for the finishing. So um, that's kind of a summary of how it works. Okay. 
Interesting. Thanks for that uh, text. By the way, if you want to call in or text in your home improvement question, it is the same number, 651-461-9226. Here's one uh, that says, my sliding patio door is drafty when the wind blows. Do you know of any insulation kits? Uh, What would you suggest that listener does as far as uh, stopping those drafts? Well, the first place that, that wears out on a patio door is where anything that rubs. So the uh, the little furring strips that go around the weather stripping uh, can oftentimes wear down if it gets a lot of use, and oftentimes can be replaced. Uh, you can go to any of the any of the building supply stores to their window department and ask for some help. And, and the best thing to do is to bring in a piece of that weather stripping from your door that you have, pull it out of there bring it in and say, this is what I need to replace, and uh, you can oftentimes replace that and help the situation. Now, if the door has come out of whack, a lot of times older wood doors that have swelled and shrunk and moved over the years, new weather stripping isn't going to help. But uh, a lot of times it can be improved by replacing uh, that stuff. And there's really two types. There's the types that are furry and fuzzy, and then there's a type that's a compression bulb. Uh, those, one of those two things is on the door to help make it, it seal shut. And oftentimes the most common and leakiest area is where the patio doors overlap. So where the fixed panel and the operating panel uh, stack up over each other, that's oftentimes where most of the air comes in through a patio door. So that's the first place I'd look. You and I, Luke, talk about decks a lot on this show, and uh, I'm looking at the forecast, and of course it's, you know, the, the temperature, the snow, et cetera. Not a good time to stain anymore this season, I would guess. But uh, what about uh, Lindus and the construction? Can construction still go on at least because we've had this this, this <laughs> late fall that certainly, I'm sure, helped your crews. What's the cutoff for building a deck in, in the upper Midwest? Well, we we really don't have a cutoff. Um, I you know, ironically, I put in two, uh, three diamond piers yesterday up here at this, the cabin I'm working on, and there's no frost in the ground at all whatsoever yet. So hmm. uh, I had no problem. I don't in 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 and it's very rare that we can't get footings in the ground anyway. Uh, but a lot of times, the limiting factor for us is is if we get two feet of snow. It's so cumbersome to get materials back and forth that it limits us. It's not necessarily the the temperature or the frost that causes us to have to shut down because we have so many ways to prevent that. We can insulate the ground with tarps. We can also thaw the ground out with heated tarps. So uh, really the deck building goes on uh, despite uh, most conditions. Interesting. Let's go back to the phones, Luke. Uh, Tracy calling in from Annandale uh, this morning. Tracy, thank you. What's your question for Luke? Yes, we um, built a deck about 20 years ago on the west side of our house. Um, my husband made it 12, 12 inches or 12 feet on, or no, one foot on center was the base. Can we put composite on that? Yeah, Tracy, you can, if, especially if the joists are at uh, one at one foot on centers or 12 inch centers. That's really a good thing and a smart thing that's to do because that we want to take be nice and- everything's. The cedar on top and the railings are rotten. Sure. Yeah, you can absolutely do that. And um, you just want to make sure that after you've taken everything off, you really give those joists 
a thorough inspection. Sometimes the tops of the joists, where the gaps are in the decking, the organic material oftentimes sits in there and will make the top of the joist soft. So uh, even though it's structurally it's fine, it, the top will get soft. And what can happen is when you go run your brand-new deck planks, your decking over it, it'll follow the contour of those old joists. So take a real good close look at that. Replace any joists that need to be replaced if there's any that have soft uh, tops on them. And then, uh, yeah, absolutely, you can put new synthetic decking right over it. Okay. Very good. Thank you for that. Let's go to Mankato, Minnesota. Terry calling in uh, from Mankato. Terry, good morning. You are on with Luke Pennock. Ah, yes. Good morning. I have a question. I have an old house uh, built in 1953. I, I refer to it as a Cape Cod without the dormers. And... um. I was wondering. I was thinking. I was wondering about blow-in or whatever they do, foam insulation in the walls. Okay. And this this has got the traditional cedar lap over siding, and uh, it's uh, it's tongue and groove uh, one by six uh, boards, you know, up the, up the sidewalls. I wonder if there is there like a by square foot uh, calculation that that I could work with to to uh, to see see what the cost might be. And it's really Terry. There's a couple of things that make that complicated to guess on. Number one is the in 1953. Um, a lot of times, there's, there's still lath and plaster used. Do you have lath and plaster on your walls? Um, not from the outside, especially. Uh, you know, if you no, on, the on the inside, inside. it's it's plaster. It is it is not. Um, it's not. Um, oh, what am I talking about? Sheetrock. Yeah. yeah. So what happens is it's extremely difficult to fill that cavity completely with anything. And the reason that it is inside that wall is it's very rough and coarse. So when you, you stick some insulation in the wall in a hole and expect it to fill the whole wall cavity thoroughly, uh, it just doesn't happen very well. Even with um, the, the type of foam that they inject into walls, it's called open cell foam, um, it, it's very difficult for it to get everywhere to be effective. So I... I don't recommend that you, you do that. I, I think it's it can be very expensive, and the result is not off. So, I I don't recommend that you, you do that. I, I think it's it can be very expensive, and the result is not often what you're hoping for. The best way to insulate a house on the wall for walls would be from the outside, and in the biggest reason is from the outside you can put continuous insulation that's not interrupted by wood framing so what we do we would suggest that you reside the house take the wood siding off and put on an insulated house wrap that would have continuous insulation and then put siding on and you'd have far better uh, result than you would trying to insulate the cavities of the of the old wall itself so, uh, and this is a common misconception, and, and where this is most noticeable is on a morning when you can wake up and you see how the dew forms on a house that is old like that. You can see where the studs are in the wall. When the, more, when the sun shines on it, you can actually see the convection of the heat coming through and the cold going through the wood framing. So continuous insulated insulation is far superior than interrupted insulation, even if it has a lower R value, it's, it's continuous. So 
I hope that makes sense, Terry. All right, great. Thanks, Terry. Appreciate the call. Uh, we need to take a break, Luke. Uh, we'll do that, a quick one, and uh, come back with more show. If you have any kind of a home improvement question, there's still time for yours at 651-461-9226. Right now in the Twin Cities with uh, maybe snow, maybe rain, maybe freezing rain on the way, currently 31 degrees. Stay with us. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to our Home Improvement Show. We are here thanks to Lindis Construction every Saturday in the 9 o'clock hour. Luke Panic filling in for Andy Lindis today, answering your questions at 651-461-9226. grab a phone call, Luke, from uh, Steve, who is calling in this morning, I believe, from Woodbury. Steve, good morning. Thank you. What is your question for Luke? Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the winter... I don't know, January, February-ish, when we have snow. On the outside, or the inside of my garage wall always gets wet, the sheetrock. Um, usually, like, if we get a warmer day in the, in the winter. And I'm not sure what, what, but it never happens during the summer, spring, with all the rain. So uh, can, my question, Steve, is where on the wall, is it on the garage side of the wall or on the inside house, inside your house on the wall is where you're seeing this get wet? I think he's left us. <laughs> so he's take gone. a guess. So no, I'm, I guess it ha- must have got cut off. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. Well, that, that's all I had. I'm just trying to figure out where that moisture is, or why that's happening. Hmm. Is it inside the uh, house or the uh, the garage side? Uh, you know, if you're standing looking at your garage, it's it's the left side of that wall, that outside wall. Hmm. Okay. Um, and the sheetrock just like the, something wicks up, and basically all the sheetrock just gets wet. <laughs> hmm. So it's the sheetrock that's in the garage that's getting wet. But it's only in the winter. Yeah. Okay. So what happens, what's happening different, what's, the only thing that's different in the winter than the summer is that you, you get humidity uh, that forms condensation when it hits a cold surface. <clears throat> and so that's whatever's going on here. If it, if it happens in the summertime, if you see water showing up on sheetrock anywhere in a house, you can you can bet it's probably water leaking into the house somehow, some way. In the wintertime, when you see moisture, wet drywall, it's a different story. If it doesn't leak in the summer, it's not a water problem, and it only happens in the winter. It's humidity creating condensation when it hits a cold surface, causing that to reach its dew point and form uh, form uh, droplets of water wherever it might be. So that's what I suspect is happening here. Humid air, oftentimes we bring in, into our garages, we bring in cars that are full of snow, and that snow uh, drips down and melts in the garage, if it's heated garage especially, um, and creates uh, humidity that then hits a cold surface somewhere in the garage and creates condensation. It can also happen from the outside if you have snow on your roof and heat is allowed to get to that 
uh, roof plywood and warm it up. It can create uh, condensation and, and, and drip. Um, most commonly, we see this happen when you have a warm day after some cold days. So maybe we, you know, March and in April are real common times for some real cold days, and then all of a sudden the sun comes up and warms everything up. So it created condensation on the cold day and froze, and then on the warm day after it thawed that condensation and it drips and it shows up in the sheetrock. So that's what I'd be looking for at Steve's house is where is the, where is a place where that humidity could come from and why is it hitting a cold surface somewhere? So we, we control that by, you know, insulating and vapor barriers and things like that to make sure that that humidity can't get to those cold surfaces. So that what I, that's what I suspect is going on. We'd need to come out to Steve's house and take a look to really pinpoint what's happening there though. Yeah, 1-800-LEAF-GUARD. That's the easiest number to remember. Uh, Luke, we have about 60 seconds to go. One quick one. Uh, Texter says, have new siding put on. They are suggesting diamond coat. Is this good? I've heard it is. Diamond. Yeah, it is. A diamond coat, I would say, is probably uh, one of the best uh, coating processes. We typically You see that on, you can put it on LP Smart side. I think they still diamond coat uh, fiber cement siding as well. But the diamond coat process is really durable, has a 35-year uh, finish warranty on it. It's a good, very good product. Very good. And thank you, Luke Panic. Always a pleasure. Thanks for all your assistance uh, today. Hope we speak soon. Eh? Take care. Good to hear your voice. Thanks very much, Luke Panic, the deck and porch specialist, among other things, at Lindis Construction. Now, coming up next hour, the 10 o'clock hour, if you have a dog or cat at home and you want to talk to a veterinarian, that's what you'll your opportunity is next hour. Ask the Vet. Dr. Gene Geske will be our guest next hour here on News Talk 830 WCC Overcast. And our current uh, Twin City temperature reading at 31 degrees, heading for 34. You stay with us. We'll have a look at that forecast straight ahead.